Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today I have Bruno Cortigiani, the man behind Malai. Now I've been wanting to do a menswear podcast episode for so long now and I think Bruno is one of the people who is best sort of suited to have that conversation with me. Um, I have a bit of a background in menswear and Bruno, welcome to the podcast. Tell Thank us, you. Tell us your story and sort of how you got into um, what you're doing now. Thank you. Thank you for the thank you for having me. Thank you for the kind words. Um, well, whenever whenever people ask me that, it's a bit difficult like, to give it a little bit of a short answer. I'll try to squeeze it as much as I can. Um, well, ever since I was like uh, a kid, I was always like uh, that kid at school, like overdressed for any occasions. Really, my friends were always teasing me. Everyone, it was like ridiculous. Um, but then, I mean, like now we're all grown up and all of those friends that were teasing me back then that I'm always the first call to be like, I need to go to an interview. Like, what do I wear? Like I need to, I'm getting married or so like, they always like sort of like follow me for the, you're the go-to guy. Now. Yeah. Yeah. For the, you, you know, for the, to, to look sharp and, you know, to look the part. And, um, yeah. So like, I mean, for me, it was, uh, just part of who I really was like from from the very start and you know like I had um, you know a proper introduction to uh, menswear uh, actually here in Australia so like it wasn't you're originally from Italy yeah I'm That's from right. Italy um, sorry uh, I, I just assume by the accent but yeah so oh, bro- <laughs> so I come from Italy I came to Australia uh, about 11 years ago 2009 and um, you know like I just like followed a girl that I met in Florence. Uh, you know, I was a completely different background. I was an, an accountant back in Italy. Really? Horrible accountant. That's how long, why I how long did you do that for? Um, about like uh, about three years because okay. I was uh, I was I was working while I was at uni as well. So yeah. like I was still uh, I came to Australia. I was twenty four. So. Uh, came to Australia, I tried, tried to find sort of my, my place, but really I wasn't really thinking of anything long term. You know, like in the in your youth, like you just do things and get uh, experiences out of it. And, you know, definitely this is going to, this has been like a great adventure for me yeah. being in Australia. Um, but yeah, so then uh, was in hospitality for a long time, like when I, I, I first came to Australia, started working at La Dolce Vita in Milton, which is a, a very big, famous spot for Italians. Uh, Did you go there because you're Italian or because you just They took me it? there because I was Italian. So it was the first account. week here and they're like, we're going to take you somewhere. I was like, being in an Italian place is the last thing I want to do, but sure, <laughs> let's go. Yeah. So yeah, they took me to Dolce Vita and like within the week I had a job there. Um, Did but you yeah. actually know how to make coffees and things like that? Absolutely. Okay, yeah, right. that's, so that's my good. other that's my other like passion. Okay, right. So coffee making is like it has to be because well I can't done. really see a, a sort of a way to bring accounting into coffee. No, no way. There yeah. was no way. Yeah. So anyway, so like yeah, that's uh, that's the long story short. I was in Australia. I was in hospitality. Then um, I went into like. Uh, and then I went, I went back to uni as well. Like I, st- I went to, I wanted to study something that I was uh, passionate about. Uh, coming from a very um, conservative uh, culture, like, 
in Italy, accounting and sort of like I did what my parents and everyone around me was was expecting me to do. So I wanted to do something uh, with a little more passion. Advertising and business was always like my thing and be more creative, my, more like challenging. So that's why I went back and started from the start. We uh, started from the beginning here in Australia at UQ. Yeah. And then, um, and then, yeah, like I had this, uh, I decided to do something different in my life because I was a stage of my, my life where I was 27, 28, you know, it's usually like it's uh, for the, for the younger listeners, the 27 year mark is when you start thinking a little bit more seriously about your life. Yeah. You're trying to find really hit the late twenties. Yeah, you're trying to find your why. You know, you need to understand. You you need to understand that you're not really trying to get money uh, on a daily basis or for the end of the week to go out and party. You're trying to build something for yourself, for your family. If you if you have a wife or if you have a a long term girlfriend, so you're starting to chase something different that. I, I think it, everybody knows that it's inside of each of ourselves. Uh, but then it comes to a, to a point that you're starting to really trying to look for it. So that was my, that was my time. I was looking inside me. I was like, you know, what am I really passionate about? And uh, yeah, the clothing industry was, uh, you know, like that step towards what I was really about. And I started working for uh, Zenia, I managed Zenia in the, in, uh, in the city here in, in Brisbane. I uh, love to work for them because uh, they're very like, they heavily um, focus on, uh, on training their staff. So uh, even walking in there, like you're not just a salesman, like you're trying to really understand the product and what are the benefits or what so are- So it goes deeper than just retail. Absolutely. Yeah. So like it's, uh, it's, it's hundreds of years of, uh, you know, like of uh, culture, of clothing culture. Mm-hmm. And they try and really to teach uh, the people that work there, like everything about uh, the from from the wool to like, so the, the different fabrics and the yeah. different constructions and why is it like this and why is it like that? So that's... It's something that's really missing in, this, in um, the fact that you see a lot of fast fashion brands and it's yeah. really just about how much they can pump out, get yes. in, get out. And you yeah. know, sometimes the people that work there, you know, it's just a casual job for them. They don't really yeah. care, but you know, it sounds like what you're saying is that at, at that job, it was very detailed. You really knew your product yeah. and that was the foundation of. And, al- and also it sparked, uh, it sparked my understanding of uh, made in Italy and Italian made. Mm-hmm. So, what happened is like I grew up in Italy. So for me, the the suit that you buy and it lasts ten years in your closet, it's a standard. Absolutely. So when I came to Australia and you know, like and you see that heavy influence of the Asian market and you see heavily influence of a, a cheaper um, alternative, yeah. but then not lasting like they will last you maybe like two years in your closet and then you know then you change it yeah just throw it out yeah or you just throw it out whatever happens but that made in italy um really made really made a difference for me because uh, i was uh, understanding all of a sudden that it's not the standard like this that is the standard for me coming from italy yeah that you walk in any shop and that's what you get like yeah. it's not 
there's not even a chance would you have to like get... a family tailor as well somebody who would look after you yeah yeah you, you always do you always do i remember when i was little like uh, my mom had the cloth tailored and my dad the same and you know it's just uh it's it's almost like cultural cultural for me to uh have a certain standard and then you know when i came to australia that was one of the shocks because you know like heavily influenced by other markets they tend to like you were saying like to try and and you know move move clothes quick quickly and uh and lower quality it doesn't matter because you know you're just gonna buy another one the following season i guess it's also a result of the lack of education perhaps as um, yeah. people in australia um by no means that's not a you know, no nothing that's, bad that's, that's about nothing bad about it that's just the way things been and we you know yeah. we can get onto that a little bit later but I, I guess you know yeah it's it's definitely something that you you notice straight away yeah so that that, that was a yeah the culture shock for me like you know obviously the i understand uh i i i feel the the hot weather of like this climate in brisbane which is ridiculous like 38 degrees today it's not Wild. even summer yeah uh and you can imagine for me like i'm i'm from florence in italy which is has all four seasons we do have summer and we do get to the 37 38 degrees but it's it's similar like i guess like melbourne there's like hot like those like few months of the year and then you got those few months of the year that's very cold and so for me like you come in here and it's like Nine, nine months is hot. That's it. It's not, and <laughs> three no months, difference. and three really months like, is okay. Yeah. <laughs> so for, for me, there's the winter here. Like it's lovely. I love the winter here. So for me, like it's amazing. And then you get into the demon hell heat for like <laughs> nine months. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I understand that, but at the same time, you know, like, uh, there's, there's ways, uh, to still, you know, look the part and look the way that you want to look and, and deliver the message that you want to deliver uh, without compromising on really on the way that you look. So, for example, for me, it was a shock to see like, um, you know, only only shorts and singlets out whenever you could really offer like a, a nice, very lightweight polo or, you know, like, uh, you know, dress pants that can be like, even wool itself is always like probably the best option as well. Like, you know, the cotton blends and everything like that. But wool is breathable. Like it's always, I, I wear my suits. I prefer to wear my suits versus my jeans because I'm always fresh. Like it's, it's breathable. You're not sweating? Allows, no, because it, it really, it, like with the um, wool, because it's such a natural and uh, natural fiber, it, it's alive so there's a there's a little bit of um this dry heat there's humidity and the composition of the wool actually changes during the day mm -hmm. yeah. so it expands it closes it the um, it closes up it's, it's just like the way that it works so like it's almost like regulating your body temperature so i prefer that and and i wear the same exact suit to japan mm -hmm. And it's cold, and like I said, it's a natural fiber, changes its composition, and all of a sudden insulates you from from the rest of the from that cold weather. And then you come to Australia, extremely hot, and it opens up to and makes you feel still fresh. Yeah. yeah. So this is still at Xenia. You're learning all this stuff about at Xenia. I was learning all of that production. Yeah, exactly. Manufacturing. Yeah. And then. Uh, How long were you there for? 
I, I was there not for too long, probably like a couple of years or so. And yeah. then I got offered a chance to work for um, another giant in Brisbane, uh, Mitchell Ogilvy, uh, which is uh, really like 30 years in the business. Like he, he was, uh, you know, he really brought the Italian culture to Australia and to Brisbane because 30 years ago it was the first one to bring like high quality suiting and That's shirts and, street, right yeah exactly yeah. yeah so extremely i got a chance to work there and more than more than only working there i got the chance um by by the manager on to actually explore the made to measure world so the made to measure world where like he, he really gave me the chance to learn from everyone like the master tailors that were coming to the store from Italy and uh, what you sort know. of brands are you working with in this case? So I was working with uh, uh, mainly with Canali, and then uh, which is an an Italian brand. That, uh, it's all around the world that produces. Uh, it's it's got like a, li- a part of the production is uh, through um, like um, a, you know like the ah, so sorry I. I don't know how to describe it, but a little part of it is made by hand, a part of it by machine. Okay, yeah. Um, so it's like a mixed production. Mixed production. Yeah. And then I was working with uh, Brioni, which is another giant in the world. Um, it's a very, very high-end brand. High-end brand, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I was lucky enough to yeah work with those brands and understand like the in and outs of... Did you uh, understand these brands before quality. in Italy or was it... Because I'm imagining that, you know, you're in Italy and these brands are everywhere. Like, you're very used to them. And you yeah. come to Australia and they're very luxury. Yeah. Or are there also luxury brands in Italy as well? I think uh, I think uh, the the only one, uh, to be honest, that I could I considered, like, a high luxury brand was uh, definitely Brioni. Uh, because ever since it, Italy, like, it, it just, like, it separates itself from the rest of the market. Sure. And as well as Xenia. So, like, basically, they're basically on the same sort of level in Italy. Uh, but so then, also like, Xenia and Canali are, like, what, Target Big W in Australia or what? <laughs> Kmart. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, 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 definitely. But, but you see, the thing is that in Italy, there's a complete different mentality around uh, buying... Uh, menswear so tell us about that so basically uh, that's that's all the massive difference so like people in Italy want to buy fewer garments but being of very high quality versus having the wardrobe full of clothes and all of them mediocre or low quality so very anti-fast fashion exactly so I mean the thing is that most of my friends like uh, you know like most of my friends that they have in Italy, they have one suit, but that one suit is really nice. Yeah. So like, the that suit that it serves them for weddings, for graduations, for like all of the for big interviews, mm-hmm. or and those are the people that don't have to wear a suit for work. So like they just buy because they need something to go nice on those events, and that's it. I think we also do that in Australia, but the difference would probably be, and correct me if I'm wrong, that yeah. we also have the culture of okay i'll just get one suit that's good for everything really good. Yeah. but it's not even like a high quality suit it just seems to be you know sub you know maybe 600 yeah. 500 and you know that's what people want to spend that's that's fine but yeah. it's not like it's even a high quality one it's one that they'll wear for everything and exactly. after three years still change exactly yeah so and that's the difference because 
once uh, you know once you invest on a, on a proper garment then that's when you know like it, it just stays in your wardrobe and it stays for the years to come like I, unless you really like change your body size completely mm-hmm. i still have suits in my wardrobe that I, I bought eight years ago and they're still in my wardrobe and they look almost new you so, must be on in a minority of people because even i have suits <laughs> from three years ago that don't fit me in the legs anymore <laughs> but then again i was yeah, really no. into the really really skinny look but but then again i told you like because when i when i came to australia i was 25 so like i passed all of my body alteration so like now i've been I'm basically that similar size right now yeah <laughs> it doesn't help to be yeah. a cyclist as well oh i i gained all of my weight when i came to australia i was uh, <laughs> i was 80 i was 87 kilos and i i got to 101 within the first year so, so i was like quick quick <laughs> alteration yeah interesting you say that so you've you've came to australia and you're studying um, advertising and and business you're yeah. working and suiting yeah. what was the plan for you when you had completed your study yeah were uh, you looking to go into this world a bit more or were you actually yeah. gung-ho, gung-ho on um advertising well like i've um i went so i was searching for myself i was trying to understand what was my place in the world and you know like and for me uh because i value education so much it was a first step towards a direction it wasn't uh, set in stone future when, when I'm like, okay, I'm going to study advertising and I'm going to work for like an advertising agency or anything like that. It was more like trying to give me like the time and the understanding and open my mind to a world of, uh, you know, of higher education in Australia, first of all, which is very different from the higher educations in Italy and also uh, understanding the world with different eyes, which is actually uh funny enough like the, the educational system in australia is very practical hands-on so like it really gives you the clear idea of how you need to start a business like what what are the targets that you need to hit like yeah. how how to make it uh you know long lasting how to make it really live for the for the life that needs to be lived for Absolutely. so it's it's very important like to understand all of those things that you know obviously you have your Gary V's, they're like, oh, don't worry about it. The You drop out from high school and start your own business. You get so much oh, money. Mate, I don't but know then, how that guy does it. But then at the same time, you know, that's not for everyone. No. And for someone that, like me, that I've, I I don't know why, like, you know, maybe like from cult- culturally, like my family or something, I, I always valued education. So like for me, it's uh, it was important to do it in Australia as well. To so you didn't have a clear actual finish line of where what was that going to look like. No, no, I didn't. I didn't. I knew that it was something that I was passionate about. So like anything I do, anything I do, really like I do it uh, with passion behind. So like if I don't, if I'm not passionate about, I don't think uh, you know. I if it's something like groceries, sure, I'll go to the groceries. But like. If it's something that, uh, you know, affects, <laughs> affects my life, uh, you know, and, and the life around of the, of the people that have a, around me, yeah. it needs to have a drive. It needs to have passion. Whatever you do, it needs to have passion. So uh, for me, like advertising and the creative industry was very interesting. I was always very interested. So I went and do it, you know, without the thinking exactly what I was going to do after that. 
and uh, my business right now like i went in and you know like and that's really what it did it's like just the passion behind it to bring italy to bring culture the, the italian culture to australia and um you know like it just like drove you know the start of this business like it wasn't how am i gonna make money like i literally wasn't thinking about that which i discovered like a few months later yeah. i was like oh, i need to i need to organize this in a better way so malai was a real passion project at the beginning of course how long yeah. has that been in the, pro- in, in the works for it's been in the works for i'd say like uh almost two years and i know i know this because like the the like the very start, like the, the seed when it started all from it was a trip to Italy that I tricked my wife to go into. <laughs> well, which is not really a trick. She, she loved it. I don't know any but who does not exactly, want Exactly, yeah. yeah. But, you know, like I didn't say I'm going to go in Italy and do research. Yeah. I said, well, let's go to Italy. And I was like, let's start from the very south of Italy and we'll make our way up to the north. Mm-hmm. And there was, was that a... No, no, it was a. Yeah. Uh, that was like probably like the third, fourth time that we went. But it was the first time that we did like that massive road trip. It was like four thousand k's. Yeah. And uh, basically, in each town that we would stop, I would be like, "Uh, I have an appointment. I need to like speak to someone." And then you know she would come along, and then only by halfway through, like she realized that what I was doing. I was like literally looking for. There's a deeper motive here. Yeah. <laughs> I was like looking for like a master tailor. Like I was looking for my master tailor. Sure. Cause, um, so I don't, I design the clothes and I take the measurements and I, but I don't actually make them. So like I have a master tailor in Italy that does all of that. And I was uh, in the research of like the perfect fit. And uh, yeah, so 4,000 Ks and 30 or more appointments with different uh, different wow. tailors and uh yeah all appointments i was trying to get as deep as i could and understanding the motives and and again like i wanted to work with someone that had passion for it sure. so i didn't want to work with someone that it was his money-making job i yeah. wanted to work with someone that you know had been in the industry for generations sure. that got taught by i don't know their father and the father was taught by. so them. it's been handed down. yeah exactly yeah yeah and I did find it, and I was like, so. Is it easy to impressed. find these sort of people in Italy? Because you said you had about thirty. I think. Uh, I think there's, uh, you know, like these days is very, it's getting industrialized because obviously it needs to be competitive to the rest of, of the world. That's right. Uh, and a lot of good peoples are already taken by a lot of the a lot of the other brands that are in Italy. So. It's not the easiest to find it uh, on a boutique level, like not not the easiest to find that this kind of person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the at the same time, it's not impossible. So like I, I made it like within uh, a, a, a four weeks in Italy, a long trip and and everything. But you know, must also be helped by the fact that you do yeah. speak the language and oh, you've grown up there, so the people are massively, more likely to, to massively. Work with you. And not, not only that, like in Italy, we have dialects in all, all different regions of Italy. So oh if you're not, even if you know Italian, in Italian, and you go there and you're thinking you're going to speak Italian with everyone. And the end, like you speak Italian, but they will reply to you in the dialect. So what sort of dialects have they got? Uh, so like all over Italy, like Italy is historically was like, uh, uh, you know, divide. It was basically little small regions divided throughout the whole Italy yeah. the, as as we know it today and uh in 1861 they decided to put them all together and uh but they were like in fact like individual nations mm. and they have like the they 
the version of Italian, which is Italian is the is the language that encompasses the whole nation, but sure. then and the one that they teach at school. But then each region they have like the very, very, very difficult dialect to like understand and to so like speak. Sicilian and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Example. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. an example. Yeah, Sicilian, and that's why people from Sicily they never tell you I'm Italian. They're yeah, like, they're I'm very, Sicilian. very strong on the on Sicilian. I'm Sicilian. Part. Yeah, exactly. Okay, what part are you from? I'm from Florence. Yeah, okay, so you're f- yeah, Florentine. Yeah, Florentine. Florentine. So, so that's what you speak. In yes, Florence? yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. So like my. Uh, you know my my accent in Italian is is strongly from Tuscany from Florence. Okay, right. But it's not. Yeah. There'd be difference to the Milanese as well. Very different. Like yeah, exactly. Okay. So like every and and as soon as someone speaks, like you understand where they're from. Yeah. But then like these tailors and these people, like they obviously, like I said, I was looking for the person with passion, generations in the industry. And those people are the ones that live in the tiny, tiny towns where they speak their own dialect and they, you know, they go to the, I don't know, to, to buy like the bottle of milk from, from the shop down the street. You know, like, it's that sort of reality. It's sure. not like that international, be like, oh yeah, you don't, you can't speak Italian, let's be, speak English. No, yeah. it doesn't happen. So currently, who does Malai work with? In terms of master tailors in Italy, yeah. So Merlai, uh, you know, I decided uh, to work uh, with people that um, specialize in the in the specific garment that they're creating. So for sh- for shirts, I work with a, a shirt maker. For suits, I work with a suit maker, and then and so on. Even for ties, like I met this incredible family. They've been doing ties only for. Sorry, only like they've been doing ties for like a hundred and more years, like within the family. And that's where I wanted my ties to be done with. Right. right. You know, like they make it by hand, they cut by hand, they sew by hand. It's literally, there's no, there's no machine involved. And for the suit making is the same. Like I go to the, I go to the, um, what's it called? To the meeting with the, with my master tailor. And I was, and what in the middle of the meeting is like, you hear that and i was like no what do i need to hear to it's like yeah nothing because there's no machines at the back uh-huh. everyone is <laughs> everyone's sewing by hand yeah. and it's like and those are the things that really like blew me away like it really impresses you right yeah right. and so yeah like i collaborate strictly with uh, so i have a multi uh, a multitude of uh, um producers that i work with sure which makes my life extremely difficult because I, I need imagine. to <laughs> coordinate everything and that's that's a business part that came into a few months after that started that was like oh my god i need to organize myself because you know i was driven by passion as yeah. in like i love this i love that but then you know like at the at the same time you need to co- coordinate an awful lot of people for one outfit like you need to get someone from puglia to make my tie i need to get from a corner for the shirt Someone from Naples for the suit, you know, like it just comes along. Uh, in a business point of view, like it comes difficult, but that allows me to get the very best um, materials and quality that I that, that I can get, not having a, an established brand. Absolutely, you know. So I can didn't want to work with someone that had a big brand that was already like uh you know like uh sold overseas and i wanted to really bring the work of art of small families 
to the rest to the rest of the world. It's very individualistic. And is that sort of like your main selling point when it comes to um, what you do with Malai? It's um I don't think it's a selling point. I think it's uh you know it's important to know where my where my heart is. Um, but then yeah no I think the in terms of selling point is really like the what people feel once they wear a Malai um clothing clothing line so like it's really like to understand what makes them feel how they like the amount of like confidence and the amount of uh power like midlife is all about really like empowering the men like it's not about right i'm gonna make you a suit uh because like if you come to me and you tell me i want to buy a navy suit i'll be like well let me tell you where you can buy a navy suit okay because really, like, there's a thousand options. Everyone does one. Exactly. Like, what's what's the point in that? When people come to me, like, I really, I need to, I need to talk to them and understand, uh, you know, what image they have on the of themselves in their mind, and uh, you know, and trying to achieve that better version of themselves. Trying to, because obviously, if they put in time to speak to a professional about how they want to look. It's definitely not because they're just in a, a navy suit. It's more because they're trying to achieve, uh, like, and trying to give a message to the world, to be like, I want to be confident when I walk into that uh, conference room. I want for people to look at me like the manager that I'm gonna be in three years. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not about what you are right now. It's about trying to really give that message to the world and and understand how to channel it and that's and that's the thing like sort you of know, like a suit of armor yeah exactly i mean like culturally um i i feel like culturally in australia men find it very difficult to channel their message to sure. the world absolutely so you have you know you have a construction worker you have the builder you have the lawyer you have the accountant you have the university student right like you have all these different types of people that um they don't know how to really like send their message to the world and uh you know and if you look at brands and you look at uh, just what you have available ready to wear mm-hmm. it's just a just one way it's just that navy suit absolutely That's but the navy is. suit the, the navy suit doesn't encompass everyone so you know that construction worker versus the builder or the lawyer Maybe it needs to be. Maybe it needs to meet with clients. Maybe it needs to look the part for the clients meeting. But it doesn't have to be a full suit. It can be a jacket. It can be a polo. It can be so you're saying a nice pair of chinos. A little bit more. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Like it can be. It can really be. Uh, it, it's really about you. What you want to give to the world. What you want to communicate. It's not about uh, you know what you can buy because in terms of like buying the one suit you buy in a thousand places in Brisbane. What do you feel about the guys who say that I shouldn't have to wear a suit to be taken seriously? You know, exactly. I, I should be able to just wear my shirt my and shirt. jeans and just be able to look good in that. Like, exactly. You know, Bruno, you're just putting me in a suit because that's how everyone's always worn a suit, but yeah. I don't need that to gain respect. Well, to that, to that, I actually have a, a friend that been uh, was arm wrestling for like years now. Like, and, and because we're friends, like... Did you say arm wrestling? I'm wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I'm wrestling. Yes. Like competitively. No, 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 no. As in, in with ideology, right? Right. And that's what he was saying to me. Is like, you know, I feel powerful in my t-shirt, right? Like, I don't need to wear 
are so to feel powerful and because we're friends like we never uh, like he doesn't get my the professional me he gets like the the joking around guy like he gets like that sort of like it gets my whole uh, wholesome figure right and, uh, a friend really and then i was like talking to him i was like but it's not about that like you don't have to wear a suit like and that's exactly was the the discussion i was like well if you are meeting with a you gotta have to like sort of dress for the occasion because if you have to meet with clients they're looking to invest in your business you know and uh you know it's not about feeling only feeling powerful it's also feeling credible like from the others the other party needs to walk in look at you take a look at yourself and be like yes i want to do business with this guy so you what's know, your like, day-to-day wear because just for example, yeah. just to give people an idea, yeah, yeah. Um, today is the Saturday <laughs> and Bruno oh, has rocked up here in a jacket, <laughs> oh, God. Um, collared shirt, yeah. chinos, yeah. Is it yeah. linen chinos, linen, linen, no, pants, yeah, linen, linen, yeah, linen pants, striped linen pants and some really nice loafers. And <laughs> I was not expecting that because this is a weekend and I'm just sitting here in a pair of short shorts and a Hawaiian it, shirt. I love it. I love so it. is this sort of what you would dress as? I think day to day. Yeah, so on a day to day, I think uh, it's um, okay. Let me let me. Put, I'll di- I'll digress very quickly on something. Go right? for it. Uh, I came to Australia, strong accent, couldn't speak English at the very beginning. I literally had zero English when I came to Australia. Right. And uh, you know, people, I have this chip on my shoulder where people were looking at me and talk to me differently because my my English wasn't the best. So, you know, like assuming that I had no education background, I had, yeah. you know, I was just here like... That's a thing faced by most immigrants, yeah. You actually. know, like it was just, just... the way things are. And that's, and you know, and that's, you know, everyone had the different uh, experiences. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, I went through a harsh, harsh experience when I came to Australia. Right. So I had like, uh, you know... I was treated differently at work from co-workers. I was treated differently on the street if I was to go and order a coffee somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, like I had this sort of problem. Pretty tough when experience. I, tough experience when yeah. I first got here. So, and and I, I would notice that the moment that I would wear a, a, a dress shirt with a pair of chinos or jeans and a nice pair of shoes, all of a sudden I was worth hearing. Right. All of a sudden, people will be like, okay, let me hear what this guy has to say. It's a bit more say. substance to the man without hearing you speak. And, you know, like, and it's not, uh, you know, it just it just happened that way. And, uh, and you know, like, and that sort of triggered for me uh, to, like, communicate to the rest of the world a different image of, like, a, a more powerful image of myself. And that's why my day-to-day is, like, really, um, you know, it started as trying to show to the world that I was worthy. I was worthy of the this uh, being listened to or I was worthy to, uh, you know, manage or to... So, you know, like that played an influence in my life for mm-hmm. sure. But at the same time, you know, once uh, uh, once you, you work with, uh, you know, like when we'll go, we'll go and talk about that later, but then when once you wear like the right fabrics, the right constructions and everything then all of a sudden like i like i said 38 degree weather i prefer to wear my dress shirt because the air goes around inside and you know like the cotton that you use 
might be very light as well you know like like i said before wool and linen breathable fabrics you know like you, yeah. you don't sweat as much so about being comfortable essentially yeah i love being comfortable well. sure i love being comfortable which i think would be very hard for people to see if they saw what you're wearing with the double layer maybe right yeah that's and that's what i thought and i think that's a me again like is the misconception of oh you're wearing a jacket and you you must be uncomfortable? No, it's because you're, you're wearing an uncomfortable jacket. Exactly, man. that's what it is. You know, like you're wearing probably a jacket that's too small for you. Oh. You know, so or or too small in the wrong spots because you know you know yourself like it's the also shoulders fully, fully lined as well exactly or whatever it's it not is breathable man yeah it's, it's you know so you know like it's it's very important to know the uh, the role that um, having something made for you plays because it's like once once you wear something like that you have the right uh amount of uh space in the right areas and it still looks very very dressy but it's tremendously comfortable so you know naples and my master tailor naples naples that was like one of the first thing that we were discussing and you go in what are they making out there by the way what, sorry? What, what's your master tailor in Naples making? So he makes the suits and the jackets sure. and, the, and the chinos. Okay. So you're going in and uh, he's wearing a jacket while he's tailoring. He is actually wearing a jacket. While he's actually working in. Cutting. While he's, while he's like, stitching, while he's cutting the fabrics. And that's that was one of my first questions because it wasn't wearing the jacket for the, for the meeting because he didn't even know that was going to go there. And right. I, I just, like, popped into the workshop and I was like, ah, oh, so you're wearing, like, he was just, like, wearing his linen jacket, like, in Italy. I guess, I guess like, that's, like, the biggest seller to you as well, is that if it's so comfortable that this man can wear his own clothing in the in the, in the the studio, yeah. this is what you want as well. Exactly. You know? So he's probably already sold it to himself, or sold it to you before yeah. you've actually had a chance to talk to him. Yeah, but then but then the, the other thing is, like, when I got to talk to him, there's, I promise you, there's all of this secret world around tailoring Mm -hmm. that most people don't know and even myself didn't know because i I went and talked to him and me thinking oh you know like i'm a hot shot like i'm the best at this (laughs) talked to him and i realized there was so much that i had to learn like with him as well like about tailoring about the world of tailoring and they guard these secrets like so um jealously like because it because it took them generations to create those secrets so when i walked in and you know i was showing him like the way that i measure the way that i do that i do things it basically like every step of the way it was like how about you do it like this oh. how about you do this or why aren't you why aren't you cutting and why aren't you doing things as a different way yeah and you know like and it's that knowledge that it really like touches you because it, you understand that you know, they're not doing it just because they, they have to get a living out of something. It's because the, it, what drives me drives them is passion and that love for what they do. It's no amateur hour here. Oh, I was, I, I was like blown away. Yeah. Like I walked into the studio and seriously, because, uh, you know, to talk to the master tailor, I had to go through um, basically the admin guy for the, Are these for like the, big, for the business. Big, big factories or studios or they're just like some top of someone's house or <laughs> a, a shop or yeah no no so this is like the um this is really like uh it wasn't uh it's not a huge studio at all like there's a master tailor that does all of the main uh cutting and 
and like the sewing of the the most important part of the suit and then it had five seamstress that going through like the repetitive work so like doing the azole which is the buttonholes yeah you know by hand and they, they're sewing that and they and there's one lady that only does that all day long all day long so you know so, and so they, it's really specialized in that yeah exactly so yeah. You, you have like this seamstress that are specializing in a specific part of the jacket or like they do pockets and all they do is cutting the pockets and sewing on the jacket all day long. Okay. But then the master tailor is the one that yeah. sort of calls the big shots, right? Really, like, what, what does that mean? And then, you know, and, and they're all working within, I don't know, maybe like a, a 20 square meter area. So not very big at all. No, right? not very big at all. Yeah. But then, but then again, like, they... So they wouldn't be able to pr- mass produce something. So they produce by hand you know and partly by machine but they they produce by hand and they can only do up to i think something like 10 suits a day so the day that i want to scale i will be scaling with a different product because this is like this is the suit this is the jacket because it's made with such love there's like it can cannot be done more than 10 a day so like i wouldn't be able to sell like internationally with yeah, this company can't export these no you would have gone through a couple of different tailors in building up this business mm. have you had experiences whereby you know you've been very disappointed with the product or you know you've had to restart again or well like, like uh, i i was uh, i i went through disappointments but it never left the um the sample staging so like I've worked, uh, you know, like I, I met with all of these tailors and then I, I went through a set of samples from all of them, like from uh, like about 10 of them. And, uh, you know, I've got the samples here and I'm so, uh, you know, very like precise about like what I want and I know exactly what I was looking for. Then, you know, like, and there was that disappointment where I thought that I was going to work with someone, but then I've seen the, I, I've actually seen a sample and a product uh, uh, ordered by me and I wasn't happy with it and it didn't go through. So, so like it wasn't... On to the next one. But, but I haven't um, I haven't sort of like just started and be like, oh, you know, let's see where it goes uh, and sort of change halfway through. Like I just... Once I picked the Master Taylor, I just stick to him. So how long was the sample him. phase for... Roughly? That was about like... Uh, Mate, it's Italy. So it took ages for people just to do anything. It's yeah. just like very different like culture there. Like, uh, but it took about probably I would say like six full months. Six months I was like going back and forth and sort of like receive something and give my notes and you know and then yeah, this master tailor that I have right now is the only one that sort of like um, where push back like i had requests and he's like no i'm not gonna do that i was like but why not it's like because i know better so you know and that was the learning curve that i was telling you about it's like uh you know i'll give you an example you go to to china right and you do and you put an order and, and it's like and th- there's no feedback they're like okay th- i'm just gonna do they it they just accept pretty much what you've put on paper exactly yeah but then at the same time i've had that experience yeah but at the same time the the thing is that uh you know the, you you ask for a jacket with no pockets and they're just gonna do it but then at the same time the thing is that 
uh, you know, a real master tailor, a real tailor will tell you that's not how you do it. Oh. You know, so you get that pushback from like a, like a giant in the industry. You've been in the industry for like, what, five, six yeah, years now? About, yeah, just about that. In, in that time, I'd probably say over in the last 10 years, menswear in Australia has really exploded now. So you've got a lot more in yeah. terms of retail options and also the made-to-measure space has sort of really grown. Yes. In that sort of regard, do you think that there's a lot more space for guys in Australia to be taking on these sort of things? Or do you think yeah. it should be... When I say these sort of things, I mean like sh- they should be getting clothes made for themselves. Yeah. Or do you think, let's sort of expand the retail and yeah. the options available in retail first and then just draw people from retail into made-to-measure? I think, uh, um, you know, okay, so I think definitely I could see like uh, uh, the Australian culture growing into the menswear, different options and and different understanding of what is what. Uh, and uh, I can see... So one part of your question I'll answer in terms of uh, if I can see um, more people getting into the industry and more people uh, trying to make their own name for themselves. And I think that every individual uh, is um, if is bringing something really creative to the industry, something different, something that uh, is challenging the status quo, there will always be room for those people. If you're telling me there's uh, another guy producing from the same factory that all the brands are producing from, then I'm telling you, be like, well, you know, good for him if he, if he's going to make it. What if he's producing the exact same thing that you are? What sort of exactly. separates Malai from this new guy? Yeah, well, uh, you know, at, at the beginning, like I was, uh, what I was telling you, it's really like, at the moment, I am a lie. I am like the only one working on the brand. So like at the moment, I am separating myself from the crowd for the way that I'm approaching things. And, you know, the way that, uh, you know, I really listen to who's sitting in front of me. I don't have something ready to wear. So like I'm not picking from the rack for this person. Like I'm not trying to tell him, oh yeah, this jacket is perfect for you. Like this jacket is the one that you need. Yeah, I think that's a problem when people are just trying to move product. Exactly. So I'm, I'm, just, uh, I'm, just, I'm just there trying to understand and be like, uh, you know, are you doing, uh, I don't know, like you, you're going to work and you're using public transport and you're walking over 5Ks every day. Probably you're not the best person for like a fine wool. Uh, a fine wool. Yeah. Because it's going to go through it within two months. You know, or, or the opposite, you get like, oh, you know, I'm only wearing this like once or twice a year, whatever, like black tie events I have. And I'll be like, okay, let's do something special. So it's like, it's it's something uh, about like the way I didn't even know what separated me from the rest. Like uh, I had this chat. I think that's probably the biggest challenge I had as an entrepreneur is understanding what people choose me for. Yes. I did not, I could not, a pin on it i cannot and i still don't understand do you have a target market that you currently work with or you prefer to work with yeah so i do have the target market where you know like it's men that uh already have an understanding of uh you know tailoring and fashion and and, but i don't i I do love like taking on a challenge where someone will just walks in and knows nothing absolutely nothing about and is open to learn absolutely so like I, i love that but I definitely think that the biggest 
uh, challenge as an entrepreneur is like to understand what you're delivering to the public. And uh, literally, I had this question answered from my clients. So because I would ask them, be like, and, and I always have a different answer, though. So like I will answer, I will ask one of my clients to be like, but why, why did you choose me? Like, why did you pick me? Why did I came into your mind? And um, they'll be like, well, you know, because, you know, you, you make, you make me feel special when I come to you. Like, it's only, it's one-on-one. It's just the two of us. It's a moment for me to cut from the rest of my life. Like I could be stressed. I could be full at work and the house with the kids and everything. I come to you. It's like an hour that I just cut for me. Yeah. So, and that could be one of the examples, but then like you have like people there come to me and like they had maybe an interaction for me in the past and they're like, well, that time, that thing that you did for me was very special. And, you know, they'll be like, uh, you know, you went above and, and beyond like what you were meant to do as a salesman. And, you know, they got impressed and they're like, you know, and from now on, I just want to deal with you. Yeah. Uh, You're the go-to guy. Yeah, exactly. But then... Yeah, and, and and that was like part of the way that I was uh, acting in my old previous roles. I was never just going in on the nine to five job just for the money. I was like literally putting a piece of me in what I was doing. And some people have liked it and some people have followed me to, the, to this new adventure. And some people that just met me. See, that, that was another answer that I had. Like I went to one of the... Um, the Brisbane Junior Chamber of Commerce events, I met this guy and, and you know, like I was talking to him and I was like, well, why? So why me? Like, why that night? Because on the, on the night that I met him, I told him he was looking for a suit. I was giving him all of the options. I was like, oh, you know, you could go yeah. to Sydney, see this guy, go to Melbourne, I have another friend, go yeah. to, or in Brisbane, like if you can't travel, like you can go here, here and there, what's your budget, whatever. But the guy was like, he answered me to something that I wasn't expecting. It's like, it's like, cause within the first five minutes, I knew that you loved your suits, sure, and you loved your own clothes and the way that you present yourself. I was like, I want to look. You're your biggest like brand that. ambassador. You know, and I was like, okay, like in my head, I thought that the reason why he picked me, it was everything else, like what I think I'm offering. Okay, you know, I'm thinking to that I'm offering, you know. Like as you know that that special like sort of feeling that you're going into my office is one on one. You know we're like uh, overlooking like a beautiful view. We we sip in like Italian liqueurs. Like with the I'm always bringing all of these goodies from my trips to Italy. So <laughs> I keep it in the office. I have biscotti, this and that. That's good if you want to upsell as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, like I I'm thinking of the experience that I'm offering, and um, and you know, like I have people that like they want me to go to see them at their office or the house or after hours i'm like this guy was like oh yeah can you come at nine this is the only time that i finish at my practice and i was like okay and we stay there until midnight but you do it i just do it because i want to do so you it just make yourself very available for you i, I want to do it like yeah. i i feel like because it's something that i really want i really believe in so like i i, I do it and i think that people choose me for those reasons or like for, or, you know, when we sit down and, you know, like I really help them through the process, you know, the, because they can be as involved as they want. They'd be like, I need, make me look good or I want to choose everything. 
So like I'll just like I'll just go in between the two Absolutely. easy. Yeah. But again, like it, it just sometimes it surprised me because like this guy's answer was like, No, you you love your suits. I know that you love what you do and that's why I wanna work with you. And for me, like I thought all of these million things, but really like sometimes it comes very easy. It's yeah. like what you what what your message what's your message? It's what you put out. Exactly. So that night my message was looking the part for the occasion and that message was received that's why i think your personal message is so important because when you're out there sometimes you don't get the chance to speak sometimes the message needs to be filtered by the way that you look and you know and i help you know i help my clients and i help like empowering themselves to get that message across you know it can be either way. Like it can be like, like I said, you need to walk in into like a conference room and and be and feel powerful, feel like confident, or you know, or you or you can be just like walking into a bar. You know, like you get those uh, people in the twenties. I was in my twenties too. I wanted to impress girls, and you know, sometimes like just wearing the whatever suit that everyone wears, it doesn't cut it. Sometimes you have to be. You have to put a little bit of yourself in your outfit. So, like, you know, I just really, like, help them achieve that. I, you know, like, I don't think my input is just, like, creating it with them. Mm. But, you know, like, at the end of the day, it's, like, their own message. Bruno, I can definitely tell you're very passionate about what ah. you do, man. Yeah, thanks. If you had a choice to wear another brand for the rest of your life that wasn't your own, yeah, who would that be? Ah, tough question. On the spot, man. <laughs> I think uh, the first brand that comes to mind is Cuccinelli. I had the I had the chance to work with them when I was a Mitchell Ogilvy, and it was everything everything about that brand. It 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 shouts my name, and the thing is that and that that's the other thing like about brands, right? Like uh, people think, you know, I, I'm looking at I'm watching suits. Harvest Petters is wearing um, Tom Ford. I want to wear Tom Ford. Yeah. But, but the thing is that brands, whenever they design the clothes, they have a certain body type in mind. They have a certain person that excels in wearing their own brand. Yeah. So not everyone can wear a Tom Ford you the way that high put, respecters wear. No, it. you can't put on a Schwarzenegger's body in a Tom exactly. Ford. Exactly. No. So, you know, like that's that's the thing. And the, and the, and that is one another massive misconception here in in Australia because it's like you know they people sometimes are fueled by the what what they see like they see someone on Instagram you know they see David Beckham wearing something they see like some actor wearing something and they're like I want to look like that and sometimes like the brand is not the answer like wearing what they the brand that they're wearing is not the answer just because like the body type might be very different so myself. Cuccinelli, it's it seems to me that had a similar version of me in mind when they designed the clothes because I literally put on one of their jacket and it needs zero alterations, which is that you know in the industry, there's always something to be done. Always. Yeah. A little absolutely. bit in the pinch in the waist or short and length in the sleeve. Do something. Something. Yeah. Bring the and these in. ones is like I just wear and it's like perfect. So you know, like it, it, it 
helps the you know the whatever the design the design with someone with a similar body type as mine and also helps you know that they they the tremendous love for what they do and you know they have a school of tailoring in the middle of the mountains in italy that where you go there for a year and you learn to be a tailor so it's like it's just the love like and the cuccinelli the actual um person that gives the name to the brand is a philanthropist in italy like he helped shares your name as well bruno <laughs> <laughs> it helped like uh like the whole town like to give him job to the whole town so you know it's very you know it's very moving and very important and again you know like it's, it's just things that you resonate with and you know like and gives you that little bit of help yeah but in terms of uh my brand can i tell you a quick story about my brand yeah like go why, for it why is it called my do we have time yeah yeah go for it <laughs> so uh you know like the first so it comes to the first suit that i ever bought right so first suit that i bought i buy in italy it was the 90s ricky martin wasn't gay yet like or didn't say it <laughs> this is a long time ago a long time ago yeah. i really wanted to look well, he wasn't out yet. Yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> it wasn't out uh, and it, it, one of one of his videos, he was wearing like this like uh, suit with a Chinese collar and like buttons all the way down, like a long jacket, almost like halfway through your thighs. I think I looked at something like that for yeah. the fall. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, like it's a star. It was a, star, a specific style. Anyway, it was. It's huge. So, so it was like uh, you know, and but I bought it and I like ran. I, it was in Florence. Like it was the store was literally in the city and uh, just walk to my grandmother's house go run up the stairs like it's this little like steep stairs it was like so like it's crazy like very very steep going to uh, into the little apartment like almost like just on the daylight and she she was a seamstress like she she was an awful lot of things but then as well as a seamstress sure sure and uh she could do like you know the hem and this and that like and tailoring the suit on me yeah. i knew zero about it Just i was like 16 yeah. i was 15 yeah. right like I walk into the the uh, to my grandma was like god oh, come on like yeah let me do it and she was like she wasn't very happy about the the 90s look because you know obviously <laughs> already she was like something like 82 or 83 at the time anyways she does it she does the tailoring she like tells me about you know, basic things like how it's supposed to fit, look, and everything. And uh, I don't know, like, it's just like that feeling, the feeling that I had walking out of there, like, with the suit, when the suit was done, it was just like, um, you know, like that sort of taste of freedom and you're an adult and you, you, yeah. you know, like, you're allowed Very to do... Very respectable now. Yeah, exactly. You're allowed to do different things. I don't know and um you know she she did she did that for me that day she did everything else until when she was alive for me mm. and i could not think of a better name uh for my brand but her maiden name so merlai comes from her yeah that's sweet man yeah, yeah, yeah. not bad from a for an accountant from florence <laughs> <laughs> bruno thank you so much for yeah. coming on board no worries no worries a pleasure man thanks so man. good to be here yeah thank you <laughs>